as we glorify God and show the world what he's like, and as a community, as the church, we get to do the exact same thing. In fact, not get to, but I think that's our sort of job one is we pursue people in relationship mm -hmm. of trust so that we can sort of invite them to a place at the table, at dad's table, that they would get to see that dad's exactly this way. Just like Jesus says, I only say what I've heard the father say. I only do what I've seen my father do. That's us. We get to do that now. That's our brother, Jesus, right? It's beautiful. And Jesus never said, nor does, are we ever commanded, you know, go out and pursue people in relationships of knowledge acquisition, right? You know, make sure that they, they get all the knowledge about the Bible and the history of the Bible jammed into their heads. It's like, you know, we see him consistently pursuing people and their hearts and their unbelief and their fear. And like when he says to the Pharisees, hey, when they teach you, listen to what they say, but don't follow their examples because they don't actually live out any of this. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. All right. How you doing today? Good to be back with you, as always. Loving it. Love doing the podcast. It really is one of my absolute favorite things. We're uh, six and a half years in now, at least. <laughs> depending on when you're hearing this, coming up on seven every Monday, can't even believe it. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I sure hope you're sharing this out and uh, helping other people find the podcast. All the statistics say that the number one way people discover new podcasts who are podcast listeners is a friend tells them about it or asks them, hey, have you heard this? Or they send a link. And I know for us, that's been true as well. Now, I have a favor to ask. If you happen to listen on an Apple device, so you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcast. I think it used to be called iTunes. We are at 195 reviews. I would love to see that get to 200 this week. What do you think? Have you left a review ever or lately? And would you bless me, just do me the favor of stopping for a moment, figuring out how to leave a review, leave some stars, and just say whatever you think about the show? Hopefully it's nice. Hopefully you're liking it. And that helps other people as well. But there's also these algorithms and things that Apple and the podcast world, it's all working. And the more reviews you get and certain benchmarks like 200 and all, they make it more available. And that helps. So I would love to see this week. It would make my week if we can get five of y'all at least. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll take it even further. But uh, get in there. Just take a minute. Would you do that for me? It won't even probably be a minute. I would love it. Okay. And make sure while you're in there, you subscribe as well so that you never miss an episode. Again, we do it every Monday, over six and a half years now. Loving it. By the way, I also want to mention something that I think you'll find to be cool. The sponsor for this podcast, missiopublishing.com, who publishes the Gospel Primer and Tangible Kingdom Primer and a whole bunch of other really cool missional tools and resources. They have a new book coming out next month. It's called Made for More, Being Disciples, Making Disciples. And I have seen it and even helped edit it just a bit, and it's really pretty great. It's a six-week study meant to be done with others, and it's very robust discipling, and there's a lot of journaling and things. I am really impressed with it. I love it, and I love the language it uses. It was written by Dr. Kent Engel, who's kind of a big deal down at Southeastern, and Steve Saccone, 
who's authored many books on leadership and discipleship. That is coming out next month. I'll tell you more probably when that hits, and I'll probably have them on. But check out that book and all the other really cool missional books and resources at missiopublishing.com. It's missiopublishing, M-I-S-S-I-O, missiopublishing.com. I'm sure you'll be glad you did. Thanks. Now, today on the podcast, you're going to hear a conversation I had with Tim Brower. I've known Tim for several years now. Tina and I coached him and his wife for several years and other people in their community as well. We still are doing that. And Tim and Anna are the real deal when it comes to discipleship as a lifestyle. They're church leaders. They planted a missional community-based church. They really are serious about making disciples, and they love it. And I'm going to let you hear a conversation I had with Tim at his home when I was there visiting. I was visiting Tim and Anna and their leaders. I was there to give them some training on how to most effectively lead folks, believers and not yet believers, through the story of God in community. You're going to hear a lot more about how that works and all that. Now, the sound of the audio on this conversation, it's a little different than listening to me right now. I'm in the studio because Tim and I were sitting in his living room talking, but it's clear and it's a very interesting story of how they are using the story of God, which is narrative and dialogical, chronological Bible teaching, with their church and neighbors as an integral part of their disciple-making. I'll be back after our conversation to give you some additional thoughts and some free resources to help you get started using the story of God in your community. Take a listen. You'll love this. I'm here with my buddy, Tim Brower, who's the pastor here in Statesville, North Carolina, the Oaks Church, him and his wife, Anna. They planted a church. How many years ago now? Almost 10 years. Wow. I guess we can't call it a church plant anymore, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's just a church. And... We're here going to talk about his experience of doing the story of God in community or the story formed way in community with others. He's done that before, but I'm actually here on the ground with Tim and Anna in their home. This is awesome. And I was here this weekend doing the story of God fast track training for Tim and, and Anna and a bunch of their other leaders here in their church and some others from other communities as well, getting them a, a fast track experience of the story of God. We did the whole story arc in about six, six and a half, seven hours. It was quick. Yeah. It, it's moving, right? And time <laughs> feels like it goes like that, right? Really. And so it's uh, just like in the training, it's, it's the story narratives and then we dialogue. So little three, four minute stories uh, chronologically in scripture, but then we sat and we discussed it, you know, kind of at length actually, <laughs> you know, but we move it pretty quickly. And the fast track doesn't go through every story that's found in the story form way. It's a training tool. That, that we use to train people and show them and kind of give them an example of what it's like to do the story. So we just did that. We just finished that up here a couple hours ago. We started on Friday night, did two and a half, three hours, something like that, a story. And we came back, had some breakfast this morning together, uh, about a dozen or so, few of us, more maybe. And uh, we went through the rest of it. So we kind of do a fast track arc from Genesis to Revelation in about six, seven hours. Yeah. So how was your experience of that? What'd you, what'd you think of that? Well, it, it was, it was fast. It was interesting. I think seeing the flow and fluidity of it over just the weekend was a lot different than going over it for 10 weeks. Yeah. So this was really succinct. When you did it in the past, how many weeks do you think it actually took? Cause the story from way is technically a 10 week set of stories where you do two stories a night with dialogue and it's, you know, an hour and a half, two hours per evening-ish, right? Depending on how you do it. How many weeks did it actually take you then? So we spent about 12 weeks total. Uh, 
we did a welcome week where we just got to know each other, hung out, ate, ate a meal, and then we did 11 weeks in the story. Okay. That's pretty, that's pretty cruising. That's pretty getting through it because there again, it's, it's technically a 10 week story, but I've just found with some weeks, you know, you get, when you're trying to do two narratives a week, uh, you go deep, but all of a sudden you're running out of time. So that was good. Uh, ultimately, how did that go for you in community? How many people did you do the story with in your, in your home, in your original community? So we started with 10 and then one couple moved about halfway through. Yeah. So we ended up with eight. It was also during COVID. So we were having to do a few on Zoom. Okay. Uh, but we ended up with eight of us finishing the story. Um, there was a, a non-believer that came when she has come to Christ. And yeah, that was really awesome. Powerful is that. Man. And then another neighbor down the street that uh, the husband and wife came as well. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. And and that's what we always tell people. We say, you know, pray in some not yet believing friends, people of peace, some neighbors, and trust God for what happens. And that's so powerful. How what do you find different about not doing it just as a holy huddle? But like when you have people who re they really don't know the Bible, they not they don't know the story, or they don't like Christians, we think we know the story. <laughs> what what you know, what do you find different about doing it or the value of doing it in like a mixed group, so to speak, that way? Well, I think the the answers were a whole lot different than just yeah, the churchy they sure answers. Are. Yeah, they sure are. And um, just the the way they would question things, the the thought process from someone who didn't grow up in church and hasn't had any background, they really were learning the story as it went. Right. So there was no jumping ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've done the story many, many times in community, always mixed where there's believers, not yet believers. And I've done it where it's more uh, more not believers, not yet believers than believers. And I find not only do they, like you said, kind of ask a lot of different questions, they're really trying to put together the story, but they're sort of taking it as it comes. You know, they're not, they're not trying to do that switch. Like in, as Christians, we're trying to do that thing in our brain. Like, what did I think that meant? And I heard this before, but that's not how we, wow, this seems different, you know, and all that. They're just taking it purely. Um, but I also found that we tend to learn more as Christians with not yet believers because the purity of their questions and their heart responses and watching their own revelations as sort of light of the gospel turns on, it sort of reminds us of it or shows us the story or the gospel in a new light. Yeah. Did you find anything similar to that? Well, I think hearing the, the gospel message and hearing that her response being, it's too good to be true oh. was really, you know, eye opening and it's wonderful to hear. And too good because it is too good to be true. Yeah, that's right. Did you do it just adults or did you also have kids or teens or what was the makeup and how did that go? It was all adults. There, my daughter, who's 13, also participated. Okay. Yeah. She was here with us this weekend. Adults. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what were, what did you think were some of your biggest challenges to doing the story formed way in community? That was the first time you had gone through it, right? It was. Um, my biggest challenge was trying to keep it into the story without going outside of I mean, people trying to do the rabbit trail thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. It's difficult when you know outside information to not bring that in. Yeah. And so that was, that was a challenge for me in leading it. And it was also a challenge to draw people back into the story and remind them, yeah, you know, let's not go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But, People so, do tend to want to leap ahead, right? Because mm -hmm. they're so, we're so angst filled to make sure we get the right answer. Mm -hmm. We're kind of taught that as Christian. And so then we're leaping ahead. And we had a little of that in the training this weekend as well. There's, you know, certain personality types just really have a hard time not jumping ahead and 
sort of, you know, <laughs> ruining the story, you know, <laughs> as it were. Well, the other, the other challenge that I thought was with people, when they asked questions, I didn't necessarily, I was giving more of a canned answer that was to the outline versus, uh, just allowing the conversation and trusting the spirit to, yeah. to lead the, to lead the conversation. Uh, simply, I think it was because I hadn't done it before. It does a little more. Yeah. Which I'll just tell you, it's pretty common. We're kind of trained to do that. Right. And you're, when you're looking at an outline, it's giving suggested answers, or this is the kind of stuff you're looking for. We get nervous and we feel like, oh, no one's answering. It's been like a nanosecond, but it feels like, oh my gosh, no one's, you know, it feels like it's been a really long time, <laughs> but it's not it's been seconds. Right. Um, and we really, as you know, hopefully I modeled well for you in the training. The goal isn't to get any answers. The goal is to guide the discussion back to the story so that people as a community, we're digging out the truth of the gospel and, and, and the story and who, who's God and what do we see him doing? And while we see Jesus being this way or doing this, where have we seen that before? Oh, God's done that throughout the story over and over. We don't want to be saying that too much. Right. Right. And that's hard. We're like, well, someone's got to teach really. This is a process process of the Holy Spirit guiding and teaching. Well, and I, I, I felt like we learned that this weekend. And that's going to be my biggest takeaway, I think, from the weekend is trusting that God brought those people together or in it and the discussion is going to come. Yeah. So do you feel, do you feel that even having, generally people get like the story of God training experience like we just did. They usually get it before they try, you know, uh, if they get it at all, right? Oftentimes uh, people just, you know, they're never going to have the opportunity or the ability for me to come in and do that training, which I'm, I'm open to, but it doesn't always work for everybody in the whole world. So I just encourage you to get going, right? Start, get suck horror, <laughs> you know, do your best, but you, you did it a way to go and, and you had great results. Maybe you had a friend come to faith, praise God. Um, but what did you find having done it already? Now you're watching, you know, the guy who wrote some of this stuff, right? You know, you're watching me do it. What did you, you know, what did you find differently other than like, we just talked about the driving people back. Was there a pace difference or some of the nuance? And I'm not looking for you to say, oh, you do it so good. I'm not looking for that. But what are some of the things having already done it where you go, oh, you know, I had a misconception of what's going on. I'm going to tweak my approach in this area or that. Any, any other thoughts on that? I think going back into those former stories, you did that every, every news story we were going back and seeing how. How is that pattern? Try to connect those dots. Yeah. So I didn't do that very well yeah. the first time. And then also just looking for the, the other patterns that were over and over again throughout the, the story um, was very helpful to, yeah. to hear. What are some of those patterns that you think were really key that came out and you're really glad they did? And I think they're going to be sticky now, you know, sticky to people's hearts. What are some of the other patterns you noticed coming out of the story you got? I think the... Um, the continued justice and mercy of God that we saw throughout the whole story. Seeing his justice, right? He always deals with sin and rebellion. He'll never allow it to remain, but it's always coupled with his mercy. Powerful. We don't see that in the world. We see it over and over and over in the story again. And seeing his pursuit of us people the whole time, how much he loves us, how much he wants a relationship, you'll find trust was, yeah. was key. And, you see that at certain spots, but it's really the whole story. It so. really is. It's from, it's from the soonest there's even before the fall, God is coming and he's meeting with Adam and Eve daily. Right. 
it says in the cool of the day, he's pursuing that relationship of trust with them. That really is what the story kind mm-hmm. of continues with. And that, you know what that does for me? And we talked a little bit about this, you know, as a community this, today, as we were doing the story is that as we glorify God and show the world what he's like, and as a community, as the church, we get to do the exact same thing. In fact, not get to what I think that's our sort of job. One is we pursue people in relationship mm-hmm. of trust so that we can sort of invite them to a place at the table, at dad's table, that they would get to see that dad's exactly this way. Just like Jesus says, I only say what I've heard the father say. I only do what I've seen my father do. That's us. We get to do that now. That's our brother, Jesus, right? It's beautiful. And, and just like we talked about in the training, uh, Jesus never said, nor does, are we ever commanded, you know, go out and pursue people in relationships of knowledge acquisition, right? You know, make sure that they, they get all the knowledge about the Bible and the history of the Bible jammed into their heads. It's like, you know, we see him consistently pursuing people and their hearts and their unbelief and their fear. And like, you know, like when he says to the Pharisees, like, Hey, when they teach you, listen to what they say, but don't follow their examples. Cause they don't actually live out any of this, you know? And, and there again, Jesus in, in a challenging way is pursuing the hearts of, of the Pharisees even, but also the hearts of the people. Cause like, well, their teaching is right. They don't understand the heart of the father. They're not living this out. They're not pursuing anybody in relationships of trust. They're just heaping, they're heaping burning coals on people, right? So yeah, we don't, we want to be that way. The story really highlights that. That's powerful for me as well. Yeah. I think the other thing is God is most interested in our hearts. You know, he wants that relationship and yeah, he's after, after our hearts. Yeah. Trust. Right. And it's not, it's not like a perfect faith he's looking for or some perfect obedience because we see over and over characters in the Bible that God graces like Noah, Abraham, you know, all everybody over and over. It's like sinless. Nope. Perfect faith. Nope. You know, always trusting God. Nope. And yet God blesses them. He pursues them, blesses them when they don't keep covenant. They're not faithful. God's still faithful. That's what he's pursuing with us as well. His imperfect kids. We get to extend that amount of people. It's beautiful. It's powerful. Um, what, what thoughts would you have now going forward. What are you thinking of doing maybe the story? I know that part of why we did the training is you and your community, but some of these leaders are planning to do that in their missional communities as well. What are you thinking now? What's your best guess plan? So we are hoping with our community to uh, maybe do it this fall, uh, September, October, start sure. it and book to, you know, before Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yeah. But try to have the summer to, to continue building some deeper relationships. Invite more people at peace in and then start it with those yeah. in the fall. And that is a perfect timing frame. We have found over and over that in these summer months, we don't take the summer off, right? And the family doesn't take the summer off. Mm-hmm. In the summer, we're sort of breathing out relations. Relationally, we say like you breathe out and then there's a time of breathing in. And so you're breathing out people in your community, you're having barbecues, you're having people over on the deck, you're, you know, maybe you're going kayaking, you're going to the zoo together, maybe a little vacationing. You're breathing out relationally, building trust, you're banking invitation to use that term. And then when, when the fall comes, you, you kind of say, okay, that's who God's given us now. And we're going to, it's not like breathe in and we're going to do the story together. And we're going to go deeper instead of wider. And it's, and something else you said, it's pretty important. I'll just kind of point out, take note, trying to get the, you know, if you're doing the story in community, getting it done before the holidays hit, it's to your advantage. You can go and sail through them. 
but you're going to have a lot of interruptions of, you know, school plays and church programs and family trips and Thanksgiving. And then Christmas is coming right away. It's tough sledding, you know, you can do it and you can get through it, but I think it's real wise to try to do what you're doing. Breathe out relationally in all these communities in the summer. Pray for your people of peace. What's next, Lord? Lord, we want to invite these folks that you're bringing into our lives to do the story with us come, you know, come fall, what cooler weather's hitting. What's next, Lord? So that when we invite them, they're going to say yes, and they're going to do that with us. And then in faith, you get started. And and we, you know, I say this over and over, and I want to get just see if you agree that that sometimes though we have fear, like no one's going to want to do this, or it's going to be weird, or everybody's going to bail, or whatever. It's just not the case. It's not what I'd found. Yeah, no, we even during COVID, when we had to move to some Zoom calls and and meet outside and social distance and all that, people can eat. Yeah. About the worst possible environment, bro. I mean, I'm not joking. You, you just sledded right through fires, brimstone, <laughs> snow, hail, COVID. You know, it's like, that's crazy. Yeah. People are, it, they get, so, it's so salty. You know, the story, it's like chips, right? You know, it's so salty. People just want to get going. You know, I, they want to keep going, right? Like, tell me more. Tell me no more of the story. Um, something else that was real fun was watching the folks that we were doing the training with. Now, these are all great folks. Okay. He had a great bunch of people. But, you know, at first it's, it's a little different. It's a little new, even though it's kind of the ancient way of teaching scripture. And you can see there's a little bit of body language, you know, people are a little bit like this and they're a little reticent to answer. But then around the third story, fourth story, you just see people kind of softening, starting to lean in a little bit to the story. You know, did you notice that? Yeah. During the flood story, I felt like people really, you know, start getting yeah. much better, you know. More involved answers. And- yeah, more their own heart versus what's the right answer? What's my Christian answer I'm supposed to give? Yeah, that is good. The other thing that's really key is that when you do the story in community, both with your believing friends, neighbors, people you're training, Christians you're discipling, but also not yet believing people of peace, is you start to notice a pattern of their answers, right? Mm-hmm. Any, without giving away too much or creeping out your community, and maybe most of them probably won't see this, but um, did you notice any patterns of answers coming from folks where you go, oh, there's some insight there into maybe who they see God as or uh, you know, what the law is about or any, you know, just any of that. Any, any patterns, you know? I don't know. Did you notice anything? I, I know you did. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did. But yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I think there were some that were interested a lot in knowing good and evil and, and talking about how to manage that. Go, we kept talking about the tree. Yeah. Um, and so, see, yeah. earlier on, until things start to soften and you realize, yeah. wait a minute, this story's about something different. There is a, there's certain folks, right, where their answers are like, well, yeah, but there's a right thing. There's a wrong thing. But, well, you know, but we're called to obedience. You know, like you feel that, right? And you realize, okay, there's still some residual or some people more mm-hmm. of our heart going, there's a right or wrong. And there's the right answer. There's the wrong answer that there's a performance aspect to our faith. Mm-hmm. And, and then you could see as people began to see God's pursuit of some pretty rotten people mm-hmm. and his grace and his justice and his mercy combined, it starts to lay on our hearts too. And you see people soften a little bit like, oh, it really, it really isn't about getting it perfect. It's about God and his grace and mercy so big and his love for us as kids. And you start to see that soften, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, that was good. Well, there was one in particular that, um, was talking about a family member and you're just, I, I think do checking all the boxes, but there's no relationship and there's no yeah. trust. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was cool to see 
kind of a light click for sure. And a whole different way they want to be now with this family member, yeah. right? In light of how God is in the story. Yeah. You know, you know how that can never happen for some people, brother, mm. or it could take a lifetime of going to church and sitting in silence, listening to sermons and raising our hands. And we never get that. Yeah. That is so powerful. The fact that the story of God can do that in short order in a weekend or over a handful of weeks still blows my mind after all these years. Yeah. Of it. it really does. Uh, any, any advice you give to folks who, you know, maybe they're getting the training, they're listening to what I'm saying about the power and the importance of doing story. Um, any thoughts you give people encouragements to, to get started, you know? And yeah, I, I think just try it. <laughs> it's, it, it's worth, it's worth the time. It's worth the relationships. Um, even if you are not great at it, uh, to, to give it a shot and go and, um, trust the spirit. I think, you know, praying and trusting the spirit that he has brought who needs to be there together. And also that he's going to give the answers. Yeah. You know, he's going to lead the, the discussion. Yeah. So we, we really did experience and, and people came up to me and, and said this, um, after the training, like, like, I bet you've done this a lot of times. They're like, yeah, a lot, hundreds, hundreds, you know? Um, but I bet like, it sounded like there was new answers and new insights coming out of people that you'd never heard before. Absolutely. Because the word of God is living and active. Do we believe that? Do we believe it? Well, we experienced it during training again, and you will too during the story. You know, Tim, thank you so much, brother, for just sharing your heart and, and, and your home and getting to do this training together yeah, and, and your, great. your encouragement for people. Keep doing the story. Huh? Keep doing the story. Get, get started. We always say, you know, first time you do it, won't be great. It'll still be the best Bible study training like that you've ever done in your life. The second time you do it, it won't be like twice as good. It'll be infinitely better because... Your confidence will come, you know, and, and your fear of man and your performance will come down. So just get started, right? Yeah. Thanks again, Tim. Yeah. Man, I love Tim and Anna and their whole community. It's been such a blessing for Tina and I to work with them. They are, like I said at the front of the podcast, they're the real deal. And they have such a heart for people and love Jesus. And they, they really embrace discipleship as a lifestyle. And getting to coach them and be with them and see them grow in their gospel fluency and all that, it's such a blessing. And it's something that, oh, it really turns our crank to see people reproducing the things they're learning and then seeing tons and tons of fruit. <laughs> oh, I love it. And if you're interested in learning a full framework for discipleship and mission, which includes training on using the story of God in your community, which, by the way, is a huge part of your growing gospel fluency, let's set up a discovery call to get you and I on a Zoom call, get to know each other better. I can tell you all about our Everyday Disciple Makers coaching experience that we offer and uh, see if it might be something that would help you accomplish your disciple-making goals, either as a pastor or as a community leader or just as a family, all right? You can set that discovery call up by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash discovery. Now, I want to leave you with the big three takeaways from today's topic. If nothing else, you don't want to miss these. And by the way, you can always get a printable PDF of the week's big three as a free download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. And I'm going to put a link for you to get uh, the free story of God narratives and all the questions that go with it, everything you need in the big three for you as well. Now, here's something important too. Today's big three is, it's big three coming out of our conversation with Tim, but it is also sort of three things I don't want you to miss when it comes to thinking about using narrative and dialogue in teaching 
the story of God, teaching the word. It's a big part of discipleship. So here's the big three for this week. Number one, what we believe about God and what he is like will ultimately determine what we believe about ourselves and how life works. And this is why it's so important that we know and understand and believe and help others believe God's big story. It's not enough to just know a lot of stuff about God in the Bible. We need to do all that we can to understand and experience our good father's loving pursuit of us and our neighbors and our friends as seen throughout all of scripture, throughout the whole story. And we need to help others do that. Number two, Christians don't really know the Bible that well. (laughs) Maybe that sounds provocative, but often I have found that when people first hear about taking disciples through the Bible in a narrative and dialogical manner, it sounds to them like it's something only for kids or those who have little to no Bible knowledge. That's not true. We have consistently found that even the super seasoned saints, there's a lot of assonance, super seasoned saints, and the highly educated Christians that we've worked with and are part of our communities, they're blown away by the story of God. While our traditional Bible studies and preaching may teach folks a lot about the Bible at a head knowledge level, going through the story chronologically in narrative form captures hearts in a way that they've never experienced. Yeah, so don't discount the discipling of the saints, but it's not just for Christians. This is for everybody. Powerful. And number three, let me encourage you to start to live a story-formed life. Maybe you've heard me use that term before, story-formed. That's one of the six discipleship rhythms. Get to know the overarching themes and story of the Bible. Get to know the stories of those in your community or circle of close friends. Know each other's stories well enough to know where you're still living with unbelief in the gospel. That's what discipleship is, right? You hear me say it all the time, helping people move from unbelief to belief in light of the gospel in connection to every part of life. So you got to get to know each other's stories that well. Do you spend time getting to know your neighbor's stories and sharing your stories with them? You get to. And please invite others into God's story. Plan to go through the story formed way with your community and the people of peace that are in your life soon. And again, you can get the big three this week and there'll be a link to the story materials in there. Or if you just want those, you can go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash story. All right. I really want you to start doing this. It is mind blowing. And I'll tell you the, I don't even know thousands, tens of thousands of people have gone through the story materials and it's life changing. I've done the story in community hundreds of times and all over the world. It's nuts. So anyway, that's it for today. I hope you were encouraged by Tim's experiences doing the story of God in community. That could be you too. I sure hope so. If you need help getting started, let's set up that discovery call and we can talk about it. Just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash discovery and we'll set that right up. It's real easy. Join me next week. I'll begin part one of a two-part series on understanding and communicating both how and why the gospel saves us. Oh, it's those two parts together that changes everything, the how and the why. You'll love how practical and how everyday language this all can sound. I promise it really will. I hope you'll join me for that. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.